Welcome to another edition of the Dale Lally Show here in the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I am Dale Lally, uh, your host, and uh, the Steelers wrapping up their 2022 NFL draft and the the uh, career of uh, Kevin Colbert. Well, sort of. Uh, Colbert saying tonight that uh, he will be staying on uh, in, until uh, the Steelers hire a replacement general manager uh, for himself. And so, uh, but he, he did get emotional when talking about, um, you know, what uh, these past 22 years have meant to him and adding a couple of Super Bowl trophies to the uh, the Steelers uh, trophy case, um, you know, and what that meant to do that for him. And Dan Rooney, um, you know, the Steelers late owner, uh, a very touching moment. If you haven't seen that, I, I tweeted out the video of that. It's also on our uh, on our YouTube channel, uh, so you can check that out. Uh, very, very emotional moment there for Kevin Colbert. But uh, the Steelers draft uh, in the first round, of course, they landed Kenny Pickett, the quarterback out of Pitt. Uh, then they grabbed uh, George Pickens, wide receiver out of Georgia. Uh, DeMarvin Lee Allen, the third round, a defensive uh, lineman out of Texas A&M. Uh, then to, to start today's action, uh, they took another wide receiver, Calvin Austin the third out of Memphis, a completely different kind of wide receiver than George Pickens. Uh, then they, in the sixth round, drafted Connor Hayward, the uh, younger brother of, of course, Cameron Hayward. And uh, this was not done as a favor to Cameron Hayward or anything like that. Uh, they feel Connor Hayward's a football player, and he he's a football player first, and I know it says fullback or tight end or whatever beside his name. He's all of the above. He'll be a special teams contributor. That's what you're looking for, you know, in the sixth round, at the end of the sixth round there. Somebody who's going to come in and, and maybe play multiple spots for you, do some different things for you. That's what Connor Hayward can do. Uh, in the uh, seventh round with the first of their two seventh round selections, they took Mark Robinson, an outside linebacker, or a linebacker really, an inside backer, out of – Ole Miss, and then finally, uh, with their last pick, uh, the, the 20th pick in the uh, seventh round, they took uh, Chris Alatakun, the uh, qu- quarterback out of South Dakota State. And you might say, well, they doubled down at a couple of positions there. You know, as I mentioned, with uh, Pickens and Austin, the two wide receivers, um, two completely different skill sets. Pickens is a is a long, lean, outside the numbers wide receiver. Uh, that's that's what he is best at. Uh, he's a willing blocker. He'll do those kind of things. But he's a he's a down the field threat. Austin is as well. I mean, the guy ran a four three two forty at the at the NFL scouting combine. He is lightning in a bottle, though. Uh, he is your he's your replacement uh, for Ray Ray McLeod. Uh, the guy he's five eight one seventy. So similar size to McLeod, but he's he's tougher. He's a tougher, stronger runner, and had a much better college career. When you look at it, uh, than a Ray Ray McLeod. Not that McLeod had a bad college career, but you know, to me, you know, those two wide receivers are going to make or break this draft as much as as Pickett is at the top of the draft. Uh, I look at what they can do now in terms of just the the, the explosiveness. Um, you know, when you look at uh, Calvin Austin, he went to Memphis on a track scholarship. Uh, and, and then also played football. Um, now, after his uh, twenty in twenty nineteen season, um, he decided he wasn't going to uh, he wasn't going to run track anymore. He was you know he was part of their four four by one hundred relay team. He was a two hundred meter um, all AACP or AAC pick 
in uh, in, in track where he ran the indoor uh, 200 meter, the four by four 100 relay, uh, the 400 relay, and then the uh, four by 400 relay. So the four if you run the 400, that's a man's race because that's one that, that you have to have not only speed but stamina. And uh, he did all that. Um, then after after uh, the 2019 season, um, went on scholarship on a football scholarship because he was that kind of player. Uh, if you look at it in 2020 in 11 games, 63 catches for 1,053 yards, 11 touchdowns, uh, you know, for, for a, a smaller player. Um, this is a guy with game-breaking speed. Uh, and then in 2021, again, 74 catches for 11,000 or 1,149 yards, 15.5 yard per catch average and eight touchdowns. So he is a, he is a guy that, uh, you know, can really get it done for you. Uh, average 95.8 yards uh, receiving per game last season, um, you know, played for, and that was playing through a, a, an ankle injury that, uh, you know, would have been an issue for a lot of guys. He just kept going out there and playing. I understand he's smaller. People are going to look at that. So oh, he's too small guy can just, they're going to use him on jet sweeps and things of that nature. Pickens is going to be the outside receiver. They can keep him out there and, and uh, uh, you know, let him learn that spot and, and play Pickens in the slot, do those kind of things with him. Um, again, the, the pick of Cameron Hay or Connor Hayward, uh, was not a, a tip of the cap at all to, to Cam Hayward. In fact, when, when, uh, when he was asked about that, Mike Tomlin said, look, it was not a Cam's business. What we were doing with his younger brother. Uh, he didn't need to know, uh, they kept it under wraps and, and, uh, he's just going to be a football player for the Steelers. You know, again, don't look at the FB or the, the TE beside his name. He gives you flexibility there by being able to do those kind of things. Yes, he's sh short for a tight end. He's he's 5'11", um, but he's played running back. Um, he's basically played some wide receiver type routes, uh, you know, as in his years at, at uh, Michigan State. Um, has good ball skills. Will run down and cover punts and kickoffs and things of those nature. So, you know, you're, you're looking at, at, at just a, a football player and then – the other question is, well, okay, why did you draft then? Why did the Steelers draft two quarterbacks? Well, again, you know, when you take Dwayne Haskins out of the equation, and obviously that's a tragic situation, they were going to take four quarterbacks to camp regardless. Uh, so they were going to get a camp arm one way or another. Um, they felt like a lot of con was, uh, you know, worth that seventh round pick. You go ahead and take him. Um, you know, maybe he turns into something, maybe he spends a year in your practice squad or, or you like him better. Maybe, maybe a move, a Mason Rudolph, maybe a move Mitchell Trubisky, who knows that that would be outside the norm of what usually happens. Um, you know, when you sign a guy like that to a two-year deal, but you never know. Uh, and, and so they, they, they take a shot there at the quarterback position and, and draft a second quarterback It's the first time since the 2020 12 or 2012 draft that a team has taken a quarterback in the first round and then taken one in later in the draft. And it happened twice that year uh, with the Colts and Washington both did it. Of course, Washington did it with uh, RG three and then took Kirk cousins. Um, you know, that worked out pretty well for them actually. And they get the, uh, you know, several years of good quarterback play, even though, uh, you know, Griffin uh, got hurt and, and didn't, uh, you know, eventually live up to that uh, lofty draft status. Kirk Cousins turned into a pretty good player for them and uh, is still playing and, and, and playing at a, a reasonably high level. Uh, but uh, so they doubled down at the quarterback position. 
I know everybody's going to look at this draft and say, well, it's going to be defined by what happens with Kenny Pickett. I get that. That's partially true. And, you know, I, I think anytime you have a, a first round guy, let alone a first round quarterback, that's going to be the case. But if you look at the picks of, of Pickens, Liao, and Austin, um, those were all really best player available picks. Again, I, I, and I said this on yesterday's podcast, um, Pickens and Leal last year going into, uh, into the, uh, out of the, uh, the 2020 draft were looked at as surefire first-round draft picks. They were both highly touted guys. In fact, uh, Leal, if you looked at the recruiting services, I believe was the 19th best player in the country, regardless of position, uh, you know, when, when he went to Texas A&M, and Pickens was 26th. These were highly touted guys coming out of, uh, of high school, and they were immediate contributors in the SEC as freshmen, as true freshmen. Uh, I talked to Leal today, and he said that, you know, he was 19 as a freshman. Um, you know, his first game, uh, his first start came against Alabama um, <laughs> as a freshman. And, you know, so he was, he was rolling up against um, – you know, some really good players there. In fact, uh, I think he said his, his, uh, his first start, uh, he was playing against Jedrick Willis, who's now the Browns starting left tackle. And that's who he faces, you know, as a 19 year old. Um, that's a big, that's a big task. And, and so, you know, these are guys that uh, have played at a high level and done it as well. And, and I'll tell you what, Memphis has, has put out some players in recent years, uh, some good offensive skill players. Um, you know, I think the most notable uh, being down in in Washington um, with their with their running back, whose name escapes me right now. It's been a long weekend, folks. But I know Tony Pollard uh, was there as well. I'm sure that, that uh, Washington's running back's uh, name will come to me here at some point. But they put out some some good uh, players, um, you know, at, in, at the skill positions. And Antonio Gibson. That's I, I don't know why I couldn't couldn't remember that. He was on my fantasy team last year, for God's sakes. Uh, but they put out good skill position players of late, and Austin's the next in that line. So they've really, you know, you look at both of those guys, the explosiveness that they bring to the position. Um, the Steelers needed that. They really did. Um, you know that that's should be a much more dangerous offense. And, and, and I guarantee you, you know, at some point when Kenny Pickett breaks into the starting lineup, uh, you know, we'll see when that happens. Um, he's going to enjoy throwing the football to uh, George Pickens and Calvin Austin. So, um, you know, we'll see how this works out for the Steelers. Interesting though. Uh, interesting to note, the Steelers went heavy. They had, they had seven draft picks. They went five and two, five offensive players, two defensive players. This a year after their first four offensive players last year in the draft were all offensive players, their first four picks. So uh, interesting to note that, um, you know, they're, they're definitely a young team on offense, but it should be a younger and more exciting team. We'll see how that works out. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the other things, some of the other takeaways from uh, what, uh, what took place this weekend. We'll do that when we come back. You're listening to The Dale Lolly Show here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network.
Welcome back. I am Dale Lally here. Uh, you're listening to the Dale Lally Show here in the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. And uh, a couple of things that uh, of note uh, for the Steelers coming out of this draft. As I mentioned in the previous segment, they, just, they didn't go real heavy on the defensive side of things. Uh, they didn't take a defensive lineman, most notably, till the third round when they took DeMarvin Leal. And, you know, this was a deep wide receiver class. They could have waited uh, and taken a defensive lineman in the second round. There were guys there. They've passed on Travis Jones uh, at a UConn. I, I was kind of surprised by that, actually. And he ended up going to the Ravens. Um, if you look at it, did they really go out and, and say, okay, uh, you know, Stefan Tuitt's not going to play this year. We got to go get a defensive end. I don't think they did. Um, you know, so I, and I thought this was interesting. Uh, Mike Tomlin was asked about what's going on with Stefan Tuitt. He said, we're comfortable with where we are from a calendar standpoint, where he and we are, we're all heading. They're comfortable with where they are from a calendar standpoint, where he and we are heading. That leads me to believe folks that Stefan Tuitt is going to play this year. Now, again, as I reported a, a couple of months ago in, in, in the insider, you know, they may want, and I've heard some some rumblings about this. They may want to renegotiate that contract a little bit, and get that that salary cap number down, but they feel good about Stefan Tuit coming back, and it sounds like he does. Uh, in fact, Kevin Colbert also was talking about the defensive line. He said, "We always want to be adding young defensive linemen." Cam's not getting any younger. Speaking of Cam Hayward, he turns thirty three this week. Happy birthday! Happy, happy uh, birthday ahead of time to him. And Tyson's not getting any younger. Tyson Alulu is 35. Stefan's coming. Stefan's right at coming out of the that prime age. Again, talking about him in the present tense, like he's part of the team. That's going to happen, folks. Stefan Tuitt's going to be part of this football team this year. So I, I think you feel a little bit better or, or a little differently about that. Um, you know, if the Steelers had, had you know, they got to take a defensive lineman in the first or second round, they would have done that if they thought Stefan Tuitt was not going to play. They feel pretty solid about that, I think, even though they're not saying it. And so the defense is pretty well set if you look at things that way. Yes, you want to add some, some good young depth there because those guys are all getting up in age. They added Isaiah Loudermilk last year in the draft, trading up to the fifth round to do that. And, and you know, when you look at it, um, that's not such a bad, uh, you know, a bad spot. Now you got two young defensive linemen. Maybe they don't have the, the pedigrees of a, of a Cam Hayward or a Stefan to it. You took those guys in the first and second rounds, but just you know, use that pick on two young guys who are going to get an opportunity to get better. So that, that's the first uh, takeaway that I had today. The second was, they, you know, they were asked about uh, what's going on with Devin Bush. And they have to pick up the, uh, the, the fifth-year option. The deadline to do that is Monday, as I reported I, I also an insider uh, a while back. Um, you know, they were leaning towards not doing so. Uh, if you look at this, they didn't add an inside linebacker until taking Mark Robinson in the first pick of the seventh round. Uh, but they did add Miles Jack and Gennard Avery in free agency. And they got Buddy Johnson sitting there as a fourth-round pick last year. Uh, I, I'm still of the belief they're not going to pick up the fifth-year option on Devin Bush. And, you know, as we saw with, with Terrell Edmonds this year, they didn't pick up his option last year. That doesn't mean that they don't want the player. They would have gladly taken 
Terrell Edmonds back. They just didn't want to pay him the $6.7 million a year that that fifth-year option was going to cost them. In the case of Devin Bush, you're talking about a, a figure that's almost twice that amount. You're probably not going to do that. But you have options there. You can sign that. You can re-sign that guy. You're allowed to do that. And then whenever, anytime somebody, they don't, the team doesn't pick up the option on a player, it's just assumed that that guy's, well, they don't like him. He's going to be gone. That's not the case. They're going to give Devin Bush every opportunity to come back and, and show that, that he can be the player that he was, um, you know, as a rookie in the first few games of, of his, uh, uh, of his second season. I thought he was trending in the right direction at that point. And then he had the knee injury. And then everybody on the defensive line got hurt in front of him. It was just, a, it was, it was a bad spot for, for Devin Bush. It was, a, it was, a, you know, just a, a, a perfect storm for him not to come back and play well last year coming off the ACL injury. So that's what you're looking at there. I, I, I don't think they're going to pick it up. But again, that doesn't mean that they don't want to keep Devin Bush long-term. Now they may decide, they may look at things now, decide that they have the cap space to do it and, and pick up the option, but that fully guarantees everything. That's the fly in the ointment there. Not only is it fully guarantee next year's salary, but in effect it guarantees this year's salary because you're not going to cut the guy when you owe him, you know, $11 million next year, regardless of whether, you know, if he, whether he's on your roster or not. Yeah. It might save you a little bit of money this year, but it's not saving you anything down the line. So you're essentially guaranteeing both of those years under his contract. And there was some video out recently of Devin working out and he looked good. He looked quick. Um, you know, we'll see where that goes. Uh, but the Steelers done with their 2022 draft. Uh, the next thing up for them is they'll start the second round of their OTAs here. Uh, they'll also make the, uh, they can either have their, their rookie mini camp next weekend or two weekends from now. We'll see when they choose to do that. That's up in the air. They, they can make that decision, um, you know, to have it one of those two weeks. And then you're starting to get into the situation where things start to, to really pick up here. At the same time, they're going to continue looking for a replacement for Kevin Colbert. As I mentioned earlier, Colbert's going to stay on until they make that hire. There's no real timetable on that. While the, 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 the 2023 draft preparation officially be, begins to, today, as soon as that first, as soon as the, the 2022 draft ends, uh, you start, you know, making plans about where you're going to visit. Who are the who are the top guys available next year in next year's draft? You start looking at those things. The scouts start planning their their visits. Uh, you know where they're going to go, what game, you know what what college campuses are going to get to. The Steelers have a veteran scouting staff. These guys know what to do. They're going to be there. You know, they're not. It's not going to be a situation where the new GM comes in and just makes sweeping changes. That's not going to happen, folks. The new GM is going to have to fit into the Steelers system much the same way Kevin Colbert did when he took over uh, for Tom Donahoe. I wrote about that last week on DKPittsburghSports.com. Check that story out uh, on, on you know, what Kevin Colbert did when he took over uh, for Tom Donahoe. And it was a much different situation. Donahoe had been fired. Colbert is, is stepping away. He's retiring. Um, but you don't come in and make sweeping changes in an organization like the Steelers. It just doesn't happen. In fact, a lot of organizations around the league are trying to copy what the Steelers do. They want that stability. They want to be able to put themselves in a position to win year after year. 
it looks like right now, as we sit here, that the 2022 draft put the Steelers in position to, to do that again. Again, you, you got the two receivers that you needed. You got the help at defensive line. Um, you know, you got the quarterback perhaps of the future. The one thing I know that, that a lot of fans wanted that the Steelers didn't get was an offensive lineman. And Colbert and Tomlin addressed that as well. He said, look, we went out and got guys in free agency. We addressed that in free agency. It's been what I've been saying all along. You know, they went out and signed two interior offensive linemen. They resigned Chukshakur for. They've got guys on that offensive line. Would you like to add it to that? Yeah, potentially if the situation arose, but you're not going to reach to do that. And you're not going to press to do that when you had other needs. Could they have taken a, a an offensive tackle instead of the second wide receiver, Austin? Sure, they could have done that. But what would that have done to their to their offense? Or the, the, you know, now you're you're counting on some guys to to come in, um, you know, the the Anthony Millers and guys of that nature, um, that you know, yes, they can do it, but I think that they got so much more explosive with what they added here. So they'll keep their eyes open and maybe they'll make a couple signings here or there. They still have salary cap space available. There'll be some veterans cut here. I'd like to see them still add a veteran running back to the equation. Um, you know, after the draft, they did add a couple of running backs. Uh, they signed Mateo Durant of Duke and Jalen Warren out of uh, Oklahoma State. But those are undrafted guys. You know, you'd, you'd like to see him bring in maybe a veteran guy. You'd like to have a veteran or two on the on that offensive side of the ball. As things stand right now, they're very young on offense. So um, we'll see if that's what they do. Uh, but that is going to do it for this special edition of the Dale Lally Show here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I've been Dale Lally. Go ahead. To, uh, you know, if you like the show, let us know. Um, you can, of course, uh, listen to all of our shows here in the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. DK has his uh, daily shots. You can hear the Ramon Foster show, uh, all kinds of stuff out there. You get, of course, the, the, the Pirates podcast uh, to be named later. Um, you know, lots of good stuff on there as well with Alex Stumpf. Uh, but uh, we appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon. I'm Dale Lally on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. 